The Angie's List you know and trust is now Angie, and we're so much more than just a list. We still connect you with top local pros and show you ratings and reviews, but now we also let you compare upfront prices on hundreds of projects and book a service instantly. We can even handle the rest of your project from start to finish. So remember, Angie's List is now Angie, and we're here to get your job done right. Get started at Angie.com. That's A-N-G-I, or download the app today. Greetings, humans. You have entered the Command Zone, your destination for all aspects of Elder Dragon Highlander. Enjoy your stay. Hello, everyone. Welcome to another episode of the Command Zone podcast. I'm your host, DJ, joined by Joshua what? Not Josh Lee Kwai. Josh Murphy, although you probably know me better as Murph. I'm an editor here at the Command Zone and Game Nights. And I, man, we've been doing a lot of editing recently. Josh, do you know videos. why? We have so much cool stuff coming out. We and, do. And right now, we're going to share with you our pre-con guide for the Boros Artifacts deck. It's this awesome Lorehold Legacies deck. And oh, yeah. we have Murph here because, Murph, you designed this upgrade guide, right? Yes, I did. I did not design the deck. I designed the upgrade guide. So you're, you're an expert on this. You picked which cards to take out, what cards to put in. Mm-hmm. You've analyzed the deck. Have you played it? Uh, I have. Have you played it in an upcoming episode of Extra Turns? I will, yes. <laughs> Keep an eye out for a new episode of Extra Turns where we battle these upgraded pre-constructed decks against each other. It is a fun time. It's going to be great. And so I'm super glad that you've joined us here. Just a little bit of a breakdown. What are we doing here? Well, we're taking the pre-constructed deck that you can get right now, and we're going to figure out how it plays. And most importantly, how to bring it up to speed. What 10 cards to put in and what 10 cards to pull out so that you can take it to any commander table and have it play like a really well-tuned deck. And not just that, we're going to be taking a look at the value of the deck, a breakdown of all the different pieces in the deck. But before we do that, we have to do some sponsor callouts. So head on over to cardkingdom.com slash command zone for all your magic related needs. They've got all the Strixhaven stuff, Strixhaven commander products, uh, basically anything you could ever want or need for magic. It's there, cardkingdom.com slash command zone. Once you have all of your cards together, you're going to want to put them in the best sleeves possible. Check out Ultra Pro Sleeves. They make amazing sleeves. They have the highest quality of protection, and they also have got really great looking playmats, really solid uh, deck boxes like the Satin Towers out there. Oh, yeah. So make sure to check out Ultra Pro products. And finally, one more way to support the Command Zone podcast is directly through Patreon. And Patreon has all sorts of awesome perks. We have a Discord that you can join at the $2 tier. And you can join that Discord. And me and DJ are in there plenty of times. You can talk to Josh, Jimmy, anybody of the Command Zone crew, and a bunch of other wonderful people are in there to answer any of your questions, help you out with deck tips. It's a wonderful time. Remember that Extra Turns episode that we're, that's coming up? As a Patreon, you'll get to see that early before anyone else. So definitely a thing to check out. And one other perk of the Patreon is that we call out one lucky patron every episode. And this episode is dedicated to <gasps> Scott, Scott Sotka. Scott. You rock. Thanks, Scott. <laughs> All right. <laughs> let's launch into this Lorehold pre- pre-con Boros Artifacts Upgrade Guide. Look, 
We're going to get 10 cards in, 10 cards out. We're going to keep the budget to $25, 30 mm-hmm. We don't want to spend too much to really get to playing this deck. Uh, but before we do that, we got to understand the deck, and we got to take a look at these commander cards. Yeah. So let me read the first one. Uh, this is Osgir the Reconstructor. So he is a 4-mana four 4-4 four, four, legendary creature with Vigilance. You can pay one, sacrifice an artifact. Target creature you control gets plus 2, plus 0 until end of turn. Or you can pay X tap, exile an artifact card with mana value X from your graveyard, and create two tokens that are copies of the exiled card, activate only as a sorcery. That sounds pretty good. A sacrifice outlet and a thing to do with artifacts in your graveyard all built into the command zone. Yeah, so not a bad choice. What else we got, DJ? Okay, I've got the other uh, Boros commander in the pre-con, and it's Alibu? Alibu? Yes, that's right. Alibu. Alibu Ancient Witness is three red-white for a 4-5 legendary artifact creature golem. Other artifact creatures you control have haste, and whenever one or more artifact creatures you control attack, Alibu Ancient Witness deals X damage to any target, and you scry X, where X is the number of tapped artifacts you control. That's really interesting. So it cares about artifact creatures, it cares about artifact creatures attacking, and then it does damage, and it also scries. It does damage also based on the number of artifacts, not just the ones that are tapped through attacking. Oh, not just your artifact creatures, yeah. any number of artifacts. So you can tap some mana, attack with a Thopter, and do more than just one damage. You can actually send that damage a lot of different places too. And also the scry too. That seems seems pretty solid. Um, feels a little bit more Boros, right? Like yeah. More, more attacky, like you attack and it deals damage, uh, gives things haste, haste to attack. Yeah. Um, the one that you read feels Boros too because it's got that pumping power, but it definitely is a little bit more of an engine piece, huh? Yeah, it seems like a little bit more of a value engine, like something we would see from Simic or some of the other color combinations. I like I like seeing that in Boros for sure. Yeah, absolutely. All right, uh, those are the only um, new Boros commanders, but we got a few other legendaries that we want to call out. Yeah, so the first one is Lashiel Clockwork Scholar. He's two and a white, two four, legendary creature Elephant Artificer. Prevent all combat damage that would be dealt to attacking artifact creatures you control. Whenever one or more artifact creatures enter the battlefield under your control, draw a card, but this ability triggers only once each turn. So that's got a lot of interesting writers on it. So I like the idea of drawing it. Can I just focus on the drawing a card? Like, I like that part. I like that part too, but you can only, it says one or more, first of all, whenever the artifacts enter the battlefield, but also says you can only do it once each turn. I mean... I, I'm not going to, am I really going to get upset that White's giving me a card a turn, even if it's only one? That's I mean, true, do you true. really wish it would be like, just draw as many number of artifacts enter the battlefield, just draw that many cards? Yeah, I kind of wish that. <laughs> <laughs> I, Maybe that's I, I do, I, yeah, I do too. But I actually think that it's fine. I feel like you can trigger this often. You can always be always drawing a card. Uh, and of course, it's got that classic Boros, even though it's only mono white, uh, way to facilitate attacking. Like your attacking creatures can tangle a little bit better. They don't take combat damage. Yeah. That Iris um, sort of effect on there. I think this seems to go a little bit closer to Alibu and we want to have artifact creatures. We want to have them attack. And we get payoffs for that. Yeah, I can see that, how those two kind of go together a little bit better. doesn't yeah. really facilitate the engine as much, although you do put artifact tokens on the battlefield, mm-hmm. and that would trigger this and draw a card. That's true. That's pretty good. I mean, it's probably going to go in a lot of decks just because it says draw a card on it in white, right? Yeah, it's only three mana. It's not bad. Yeah, pretty good. Okay. Uh, I have another three mana creature, legendary creature. Uh, Layla, the Blade Reforged. Two and a red for a 2-2 legendary creature spirit warrior with haste. Whenever... Lelia? Layla? 
Is, is this really how Layla is actually spelled? And I just don't Layla. know how to read. <laughs> Layla. And you're like, DJ, it's just Layla. <laughs> it's just, that's a normal name. It's not a weird magic name. Uh. Okay. The Blade Reforged attacks. Exile the top card of your library. You may play that card this turn. Hmm. Impulse draw on an attack. I like Pretty it. cool. Uh, whatever you exile one or more cards from your library and or your graveyard, put a plus one, plus one counter on this creature. Interesting. So I like impulse draw. It stinks that it has to go into combat to get it. Yeah. You know what I mean? Because you can't reliably get it every single turn. Uh, but I actually think that this can get really big, really fast. There's a lot of different ways to exile cards off the top of your library, exile things from your graveyard. So I think that this is going to be easier to attack with than you might think. Uh, and it's card draw, even if it's impulsive, I kind of like it. It yeah, comes down fast too. Yeah. And it has haste. It's got, so it can it's start got attacking haste. fast. Like three mana haste attacker, like, and it, it immediately becomes a three, three. Yep. That, that actually seems aggressive, but also has that card draw factor on there. I like it. I like it too. Okay. So those are the legendary creatures. There are some other legendaries in there, but those are reprints. These are the new ones that we're excited about and the ones that are kind of going to inspire our deck building. Um, but before, oh, Josh, are you are you a connoisseur of throwing oh, the papers? I, uh, not very much, but I sure can try. Are we throwing forward or backwards? Well, okay. I'm a big fan of the floaty forward right. that loops back on you and doesn't go off the table. <laughs> I mean, that's, off the table. <laughs> that's my style. <laughs> we'll get more. We'll get more in later. Excellent. Okay. Um, uh, so, yeah, before we go into that, uh, two of these legendary creatures, uh, Lashiel and Layla, those are both monocolor creatures, so they can't be the commanders of the deck. Uh, only Oskir and Alibu can be the commanders of the deck. So right. those are the two that we'll be deciding on later on. So as we go through this next session, section, we're, we're thinking, well, which one of these Boros commanders uh, can sort of... Lorehold. Lorehold <laughs> <laughs> commanders is going to be helming this deck, but... Before we do, we got to go through the stats section. <laughs> the stats section. That was fun. I like that. <laughs> All right, Murph, take us through the stats of the stack. Okay, so we have 16 ramp pieces, which is pretty good. Lots of solid artifact ramp. Um, we have eight pieces of card draw. Uh, nine of those could put an artifact into the graveyard while drawing you a card. So, so is nine is nine in the place where you want to be in your decks? I mean, I would like a little bit more, honestly. So normally when we're doing these card draw spells, we don't really count cantrips as much. Yeah. Uh, and we wouldn't really count something like a, a mind stone, you know, that just kind of like sacrifices itself and draws a card. Um, we really want real card draw generating value. So does it make up for the fact that we have so many of these things that just maybe cantrip or put artifacts into our graveyard? Like, is it enough of a graveyard theme that that generates us enough value? Well, I think it depends on your choice of commander, right? Because mm -hmm. if we're going with Oscar, I think absolutely that is very helpful. I'd still like to put in a little bit more, but I think I think we're almost there because you can reuse those cards. So say you have the Mind Stone, you could crack the Mind Stone and then use Oscar's second ability, get two Mind Stones back. You can use them for mana or crack them. It's just good value there. Okay. But with Alibu, I'm not sure if that's actually the case. Interesting. Yeah. Okay, so maybe definitely not enough uh, card draw when it comes to Alibu, but maybe it could fly for Oscar. Yeah. To be fair, Alibu does have that scry ability. Ooh, it's, it's not true. It's not raw card draw, but it does have a little bit more card selection. Okay. And then going on to our interaction, we have uh, 11 pieces of targeted removal. Seems like kind of a lot. That, that does seem like a lot. <laughs> 
Yeah, they usually put a lot of more targeted removal than Wraths in these pre-constructed decks because they encourage that interaction. They don't want to just keep Wrathing over and over and over again. Got it. How many Wraths do we have in this deck? Uh, We have four, which honestly is also kind of a lot. This actually feels like a pretty well-balanced deck. Like maybe yeah. like eight might not be exactly what we need, but we can notice other engines that exist in the deck. Uh, it feels balanced. Am I, am I right? You're not crazy. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> we have a lot of ramp. We have a decent amount of card draw, uh, a lot of targeted removal, but the board wipes, that seems pretty, pretty on point, pretty, pretty fair. Okay, so let's get into some more stats related specifically to artifacts and the way that this deck plays. Mm -hmm. Okay, so we have uh, artifact sacrifice outlets. Uh, That can matter a lot in decks like these. Uh, We have six. So uh, is that including Oskir as one of them? It is. It is, okay. Yeah, Um, because whether he's in at the helm or in the 99, uh, he's going to be in there, hopefully. Yeah. Uh, and then also we have uh, different recurring artifacts, artifacts that have uh, that like to be sacked or recast or put back from the graveyard. Usually they have dies triggers or ETB triggers. Uh, we have 15 of those. 15? 15 of those. That's that's a lot. So I think that we're slowly seeing this lean more and more away from my, my boy Alibu. Yeah. Uh, and more towards the value engine of Osgear. Yeah, I, I think Osgear might end up giving us exactly what we want as far as sacrifice outlets and a payoff for all that stuff that ends up getting sacrificed. Interesting, interesting. Yeah. Okay, um, so keeping in mind the types of artifacts that can end up in, in the graveyard, um, we want to pay attention to what types of cards there are. So the amount of low mana, mana value artifacts, there's six mana value artifacts, two or less. Uh, cards like Ancient Den or Darksteel Citadel, those lands, Soul Ring, Arcane Signet, the, the Mind Stone that I mentioned, those mm-hmm. could be uh, cards that are really good for getting in at low mana value and then recurring back. That doesn't seem like a ton, honestly, especially if we're considering Ancient Den, Darksteel Colossus, and Great Furnace to be among those, because those yeah. are just lands. Yeah, you're right. But I mean, I take two, two land tokens. I take like two I land tokens. Yeah, I, yeah, I, I, I think they're definitely good. Um, but. <laughs> and then on the other end of the spectrum, you have to think about the big things that you can cheat into play and ways yeah. that you can get that into play. Because of course, we're also running uh, cards like, you know, Wake the Past and Duretti and Felden. So if you get a big thing into the graveyard, you can t- sort of cheat that back out again. Yeah. You know, even with uh, your commander, you're not really cheating mana cost, but you are getting two. So you're like doubling up you know, mm-hmm. you're kind of cheating the mana cost a little bit. So you're getting two, two for one, you know? Yeah. Good stuff. Okay. So we're going to dwell on all of those stats. 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 <laughs> I think we're leaning, we're leaning in one direction. But before we talk about which commander is going to helm this, uh, let's talk about the deck value, what this is worth, what the notable reprints are. Mm-hmm. Um, so one thing to note is that this only takes into account the value of the reprints, not the new cards. The new cards have all their own values and all their own stuff. And of course, we calculate the reprint value at the time of recording, which is before all of this has been out and the market does all those crazy things. But that's actually good because we have a single data point that compares it to, you know, previous pre-constructed decks that we also gathered the data from yep. before the release of the deck. Absolutely. So, what's the what's the reprint value of this thing? The reprint value is drum roll please. $103. <laughs> That's pretty good. That's really good. That's pretty good. That's really good. <laughs> okay. I'm Brent, I'm kind of happy about that. $103. Yeah. Okay. So uh, are we, is this reprint value centered in a couple cards or is it just everything a $2 card? What is it? 
So we have 14 in total, some of uh, $2 and up cards. So that, that's a decent amount of, that's a pretty good spread, right? Um, 14 cards that are $2 or more. Okay. That's stuff that is going to need a reprint at some point. So I'm glad that those are reprinted here. And in total, that's $80.86. Okay. So only $20 of less than $2 chaff in there. Yeah. That actually seems like a good amount of, of solid reprint cards. Yeah. And that, that's a little bit more value than we usually get in these pre-cons. So I'm impressed. I think that, that the outlier comes in the next the yeah. next data point right there. <laughs> because uh, we have three cards that are worth $5 or more. Those are kind of like the chase cards that people get excited about because there's a big money card included in the pre-con. Yep. And in this one, uh, we have Hellkite Tyrant at $24.99. Thousand Year Elixir at twenty two ninety nine, and then you go way down to Combustible Gear, gear Hulk at five fifty. I can't believe Hellkite Tyrant is twenty four ninety nine right now. It's crazy, but these are big money reprints. We don't, yeah. we haven't seen big money reprints like this in a while. And so, part of me is excited that we're getting twenty mm-hmm. plus dollar reprints. I'm like, yes, thumbs up, more of this, please. Yes. <laughs> um, but then the other side is like, well, a lot of the deck's value, half of it about is tied up in these two cards mm-hmm. you know and those so there are risks uh when it comes to uh those kinds of that kind of value being tied up in so few cards that's true but the rest of the deck doesn't have no value completely it's not only these couple of cards it's just a majority of it is tied up in these couple <laughs> cards <laughs> well i'm going to go ahead and read off those cards that are worth more than two dollars ancient den dark steel mutation boros charm soul ring arcane signet solemn simulacrum dreddy scrap savant sculpting steel and steel overseer all of these are above uh two dollars and they sound like solid cards a lot of cards that i run in in all sorts of decks not just boros specific decks yeah the five dollars and over as well as the two dollars and over categories those are all cards that see play people want those cards and so it's really good to see these being printed here because hopefully we'll just get more into the market and more people have access to those cards absolutely well i'm super excited that that hellkai tyrant got reprinted because (laughs) honestly honestly it's a fun card like you can first off you can create a ton of artifacts and just win the game because hellkai tyrant reads if you have 20 or more artifacts you win the game it's pretty cool which is very cool very fun when you do it (laughs) but also if you smack your opponent with it you get to steal all their artifacts that's like one of the most fun things in commander is stealing people's artifacts Oh, man. So Hellkite Tyrant is just super fun to play with. So I'm glad that there's way more of them in the world. Oh, wait, more people are going to steal my artifacts. Yeah, just be sure that if you're playing a Hellkite Tyrant in an artifact deck, uh, watch out for people cloning it because uh, that oh! makes me sad. <laughs> yes. I've had that happen to me I'm gonna clone, times. I'm going to clone it in a deck. One of the cards in here is the mirror. Yeah, please don't no, do that. Please that's, don't. That's your, own, that's your own creature. You can attack with that. Anyways. Oh my gosh, that's so awesome. Yeah. Okay, so some interesting reprint value in here, but... You know, we're here to upgrade this deck. So what commander are we focusing on? Yeah, uh, we talked about it a little bit before, but I think Ozgear's got to be our choice, right? Because the two uh, commanders just go into completely different directions. One cares specifically about artifact creatures, and you want to attack with those artifact creatures, whereas a lot of the cards in the deck... Here, let me do that too. There we go. A lot of cards in the deck seem to care more about the value, the recursion, that we want to dump stuff into the graveyard and we either want to get value off of that or reanimate big stuff that you have dumped into your graveyard. Yeah, so over a dozen cards that kind of get value when it comes into play or wants to leave the battlefield too. That seems like it's leaning towards your commander a little bit more. Yeah, and Oscar cares about stuff entering the battlefield and leaving because 
of his text. He does both of those things. That's awesome. <laughs> Star effects. Uh, if you're sad that Alibu, uh, Ancient Witness, is not going to be the focus of this deck, uh, fear not. Go to the Jumbo Commander YouTube channel, and I will deck tech and upgrade uh, this deck with Alibu at the helm and, and show you how to you know, upgrade this around this commander. Ooh, I'm excited to see that video in the DJ. All right. Well, right now, one thing I'm excited about is some of the singles that come in this deck. And there are some really spicy ones, and I love them. And I think that you need to share with us some of the best cards that come in this pre-con. All right. So first up, we have a spicy one. These are all spicy, actually. But first one is particularly spicy. Archaeomancer's Map. Two and a white artifact. When Archaeomancer's map enters the battlefield, search your library for up to two basic planes cards, reveal them, put them into your hand, then shuffle your library. Whenever a land enters the battlefield under an opponent's control, if that player controls more lands than you, you may put a land card from your hand onto the battlefield. Wow. Jimmy and I geeked out about this card already. I yeah. love it. Because <laughs> three mana, draw two, drawing lands is still drawing cards. Yep. That's a fine rate. Uh, but then you get this static ability of always being able to ramp. Uh, and it's um, awesome. I mean, just imagine that this is like uh, a Cultivate or Kadama's yep. Reach, which is a very playable green card. Uh, and then it's three mana. You get two cards and then you easily you're going to put one onto the battlefield. It's so this is so good. Yeah, this map is basically Cultivate for what? And plus it's an artifact. So it synergizes even better with the rest of the cards in the deck because it just keeps on giving. We care about artifacts. When you run out of lands, you can sacrifice it or you can bring it back and reanimate oh it. Oh my gosh, you get back two tokens of it and then you'd get four lands <laughs> and you get to put those onto the battlefield faster. <laughs> Poor DJ's heart. Oh, <laughs> thank you. Uh, yeah, I love this card. This card's great. Oh it's man, great. it's so great. All right, I've got I've got another one that you've picked out that is uh, particularly spicy. It's uh, Monologue Tax. Mm -hmm. uh, two and a white for an enchantment. Whenever an opponent casts their second spell each turn, you create a treasure token. That seems pretty good. We know Smothering Tithe is a very, very good card, and this does something similar for yeah, Mana Yeah, I think it does a little bit of a, of a reduced effect. I don't think it's Absolutely. quite as strong as Smothering Tithe, but it doesn't have to be. Smothering Tithe is crazy. Smothering Tithe is a little, little good. <laughs> <laughs> it's a little, little good. This is, is awesome, and I love treasure tokens. I think they synergize with this deck really well. Yep. More treasures, the better. It ramps. They're artifacts for you to sacrifice, bring back. Love it, love it. All right, next we have Battle Mage's Bracers. Two and a red artifact equipment. Equipped creature has haste. Whenever an ability of equipped creature is activated, if it isn't a mana ability, you can pay one. If you do copy that ability, you may choose new targets for the copy with equipped two. Okay, so this is uh, an interesting um, Illusionist Bracers kind of effect. Yeah, so it's very similar to Illusionist Bracers. But Which, by the way, is like an 8 or $9 card. Yeah, it's getting up there. Yeah. Uh, but... Notably with this one, you have the downside of you have to pay one in order to do it, mm. but you have the upside of it gives things haste. Oh, you get to do your thing faster. You get to do your thing faster. So oftentimes activated abilities of commanders are going to be tap abilities. Not always, but a lot of times they will be. Uh, specifically on our commander, Oskir, that's that second ability is a tap ability. And oftentimes we'll just want to cast him from the command zone, equip something to him and activate his ability. Mm. And with the Battle Mage's Bracers, not only do we get to activate his ability immediately, you just pay one more and get double the amount of tokens. <laughs> that's that's very cool. So I, I think I like this. The the idea that you are sacrificing mana for speed, yeah. you know, and I think that in this deck, we have a lot of ramp. We, we talked about all the artifact ramp that we have there. So maybe we can sacrifice a little bit of mana that slows us down to be able to, you know, activate our commander's powerful ability a little bit faster. Yeah, and not and just I, activate it, but 
juice it. Yeah, juice it, juice up. it up like crazy. <laughs> Very good. I think that goes along really well with uh, this one. Why don't you read? Uh... Yeah, Thousand Year Elixir. You may activate abilities of creatures you control as though those creatures had haste. You can pay one and tap to untap target creature. So this is really similar too because it gives it, it activates it at haste and then you can pay one to sort of copy. I mean, you just you have to have another it. artifact. You in have your to get graveyard. another artifact and stuff like that. But really, like these these seem to really synergize well with that specific commander. Now I know why you you picked it because like it feels like this deck really matches that commander really well. Yeah, absolutely. It wants these kinds of pieces to go with the commander so that you can get the maximum value out of it, and you're always doing something. Well, um, I got the last uh, best card in the deck with Scrap Trawler. I love Scrap Trawler so much. Uh, Three mana for a 3-2 artifact creature construct. Whenever Scrap Trawler or another artifact you control is put into a graveyard from the battlefield, return to your hand target artifact card uh, in your graveyard with lesser mana value. That is pretty good. It seems like a little bit of a nombo at face value with Oscar because Oscar is going to be exiling stuff from your graveyard. But Scrap Trawler gets things back to your hand. What's with that, DJ? I think that there's just enough churning of artifacts that really it doesn't matter. You're going to have plenty of stuff to get back and plenty of stuff to exile. But it might be something to think about. You know, you have to decide whether you're going to get your soul ring back to cast it or whether you're going to copy it again with your commander. Yeah, v- very, very true. But yeah, with Oscar, unless you have something like a thousand year elixir or whatnot, you're only activating his ability once a turn. So having stuff like Scrap Trawler and other types of things in there that duplicate the effects kind of ish, but get other artifacts back to your hand. They're still pretty good. I like, I mean, I like it because yeah. it ultimately you don't always have to do something around the commander. If you're fitting the theme of the deck, then you're doing the right thing. And so exactly. some redundancy like the scrap trawler seems awesome. Those are some great cards, not only in this deck, but also just in general Boros cards. Yeah. A lot of them are new cards too. I know. Woo. Also cool. Love it. Okay. Uh, we're going to go on to uh, the cards that you're adding to this deck. But before we do, we're going to take a quick break. Here's some ads. Awesome. The Angie's List You Know and Trust is now Angie, and we're so much more than just a list. We still connect you with top local pros and show you ratings and reviews, but now we also let you compare upfront prices on hundreds of projects and book a service instantly. We can even handle the rest of your project from start to finish. So remember, Angie's List is now Angie, and we're here to get your job done right. Get started at Angie.com. That's A-N-G-I, or download the app today you can host the best backyard barbecue. When you find a professional on Angie to make your backyard the best around. Connect with skilled professionals to get all your home projects done well. Inside to outside, repairs to renovations. Get started on the Angie app or visit Angie.com today. You can do this when you Angie that. Angie's List is now Angie, and we've heard a lot of theories about why. I thought it was an eco-move. Fewer words, less paper. No, it was so you could say it faster. No, it's to be more iconic. Must be a tech thing. But those aren't quite right. It's because now you can compare upfront prices, book a service instantly, and even get your project handled from start to finish. Sounds easy. It is, and it makes us so much more than just a list. Get started at Angie.com. That's A-N-G-I. Or download the app today. Angie has made it easier than ever to connect with skilled professionals to get all your jobs projects done well. I absolutely love this because you know if you own a home, 
it can be really hard to maintain. It's hard to find people that can help you for a big project or a small. Well, whether it's in everyday maintenance and repairs or making dream projects a reality, it can be hard just to know where to start. But now all you need to do is answer that and find a skilled local pro who will deliver the quality and expertise you need. Angie has over 20 years of home service experience, and they've combined it with new tools to simplify the whole process. Bring them your project online or with the Angie app, answer a few questions, and Angie can handle the rest from start to finish. Or help you compare quotes from multiple pros and connect instantly, which means you can take care of just about any home project in just a few taps. Because when it comes to getting the most out of your home, you can do this when you Angie that. Download the free Angie mobile app today or visit Angie.com. That's A-N-G-I dot com. Welcome back. We are talking about the Lorehold pre-constructed deck. I'm joined here by Murph, and he's going to talk about what 10 cards he added to ramp up this deck, make it really playable at any of your commander tables. So first off, let's talk about the rules. You couldn't just add any card, any cost whatsoever. You had a budget of between $25 and $30. Look, we know that you could spend $1,000 and make this deck crazy, <laughs> you know, but you want to be able to play with this immediately mm-hmm. and get instant value. And so drop $30, make this great. So Murph, you did it. Yep, I did it. I solved the formats. Uh, yeah, so we have 10 cards that we're going to be adding. Uh, so first category is we want to go faster with more mana. And a little bit of haste as well. But <laughs> <laughs> to start off with the mana, I have Talisman and Conviction and Burrow Signet that were added. And so you're probably like, Murph, why the heck did you just add boring old Talisman and Burrow Signet? Well, because of our commander, we went with Oscar, obviously. Uh, we're going to be getting those artifacts back from the graveyard more likely than not. And so having lower costed mana rocks is going to end up paying dividends because paying two to get back two talismans is way better than tapping three to get back a three mana rock that just taps for one mana anyway. It's not it's not that great. Not much value. I'm just a little bit surprised that these weren't in the pre-con originally. Yeah, I think... Like, so. they feel like they m- match really well. Yeah, I think some of the other decks had the talismans or had the signets in them, but for whatever reason, this deck doesn't. I'm not sure why. Mm, interesting. Conspiracy. 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 <laughs> Conspiracy. But you're right. Like, if you have a three-mana rock, that value isn't as great as being able to ramp your commander out early. Because, by the yep. way, a four CMC commander yep. means that if you're ramping on two and casting your commander earlier, that's good. Uh, we know we want ramp because his ability is very mana-hungry, especially if we have big creatures. So I like this inclusion. Yeah. Yeah, we absolutely have to have two-mana rocks if we want our commander on turn three. Because if we ramp on turn three, well, our commander's not coming out on turn four until turn four anyway and he's a four drop so the ramp's not really doing a whole lot for you you didn't stop there i didn't stop there you have a little bit more ramp a little bit more ramp so i added thran dynamo it's a four colorless mana tap add three colorless mana to your mana pool so as i said before having efficient mana rocks really ends up paying dividends in this deck because with oscar you can end up copying them thran dynamo is very very efficient for what it does four mana gets three colorless mana off of it but what if you pay four mana and get two Thran Dynamos because of your commander? I mean, that, that <laughs> those are the ways to skyrocket you into big mana, and there's some fun big mana plays in this deck, so I'm, I'm glad that we have that. Yeah, absolutely. That just gets you ahead super fast. Uh, 
And then I also added Lightning Greaves. Good old Lightning Greaves, two mana, equip creature gets haste and shroud, equip zero. Uh, the reason that I really wanted this Lightning Greaves is because once again, it's a cheap way to give haste and just having two mana artifacts with your commander is is wonderful. wonderful. You you also <laughs> highlighted Thousand Year Elixir and Battle Mage Bracers and you you kind of said that the haste on that is really strong. The haste so, is it very makes, so it makes sense that you have something else that gives haste and protection because if you're building so much around your general, you definitely want to protect it. And ha having it cost zero is very relevant because oftentimes you'll want to put it onto your commander just after you've cast him pay the mana in order to exile something from your graveyard, get an artifact creature onto the battlefield, and then you can just swap the lightning greaves over to that and give what you just reanimated haste. Ooh, I like that. I like that. Lots of spice. All right. We've got a little bit of the next category is graveyard uh, shenanigans, graveyard redundancy. Yeah. So we talked a little bit about how we want more graveyard redundancy. If we don't have our commander, we still want to be able to do something with all the artifacts that we're going to be dumping into our graveyard. So I added Goblin Welder. So one red mana. Tap, choose target artifact a player controls and target artifact card in that player's graveyard. If both targets are still legal as this ability resolves, that player simultaneously sacrifices the artifact and returns the artifact card to the battlefield. That's a, that's a lot of words for switch your artifacts. <laughs> flippity flop them. That should be a keyword, flippity flop. Yep. Yeah, it should be tap flippity flop artifacts from your graveyard into the battlefield. <laughs> I mean, I like that because we've, we've talked about big things in the graveyard, getting things back. Um, you could have treasures on the battlefield. You could mm -hmm. have, uh, we, we talked about cards that trigger when they leave the battlefield, leave the uh, trigger when they come in. Yeah, there's cards that do care about leaving the battlefield and we Seems want to great. get rid of them. Seems awesome. Yep. No brainer. For one red mana, absolute, absolute gem. Another absolute gem, Goblin Engineer, one in a red, creature Goblin Artificer. When Goblin Engineer enters the battlefield, you may search your library for an artifact card, put it into your graveyard, then shuffle your library. And you can pay a red and tap, sacrifice an artifact to return target artifact card with converted mana cost, three or less from your graveyard to the battlefield. So you can right, go Murph, get- Wait, 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 yep. wait, wait, yep. pop quiz. Yep. What are you putting in your graveyard? Go. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> it really depends on the situation. Right. Ooh, so it's like so it's truly toolboxy. It's very toolboxy because with its second ability, you can recur something with converted mana cost three or less. But you don't have to tutor for something with converted mana cost three or less. You can tutor for any artifact. Oh, so basically, like late game, you're getting something huge yeah. to then double up. Uh, early game, you're getting like a land or some a soul ring or something like that. Yeah. To be able to get back or make two copies of it with your commander. Yeah, because it seems absolutely great to just play this tutor soul ring into your graveyard and then activate your commander to get two soul rings onto the battlefield. Like that's yes. just great value. Yes, please. Yes, please. <laughs> I'll take that. I want that. Yeah. Okay. So that Goblin, seems awesome. Goblin Engineer definitely one of the better includes. All right. Um, also from the graveyard, we mentioned a lot of big stuff and there's some big stuff in the deck, you know, big things to do, but it feels like there, there might not be a critical mass of big things. Yeah. Yeah. We need a little bit more oomph. And so a great card to give a little bit more oomph is Phyrexian Triniform. Nine mana artifact creature golem. When it dies, create three, three, three colorless golem artifact creature tokens with Encore 12. The Encore, <laughs> you probably won't be activating a what ton of time. What are you talking about? Well, you're depends. doubling up Thran Dynamos. <laughs> that's true. That's when true. When you're getting two Thran Dynamos on the battlefield, like, yes, you are. You can 12 that for sure. This that's is a big true. mana deck. It is a big mana deck. I, I love it. I think that even if you Encore, I mean... It just seems fun. Yeah. I'm, I mean, I like, I like cheating into play. I like encoring it. I like the synergy commander. Yeah, of putting it back with your commander. It seems great. You can goblin weld it into play over oh, and over. Oh, back and forth. <laughs> it just goes back and forth and just keeps making more and more of the more things. more golems. <laughs> Unreal. Yeah, that it. card's great. Okay. 
Um, and then finally, we have like the mana ramp category that you kind of put um, sort of the big recursion engines. And then uh, you felt like you wanted a little bit more support when it came to draw. So what do we got here? Yeah. So felt like this deck needed just a little bit more oomph in the card draw category. It wasn't wasn't a slouch to begin with, but I think this really helps tip it over the edge and keeps you going. So first we have Sky Scanner. It's a three mana artifact creature, Thopter, flying when it enters the battlefield, draw a card, and it's a one one. So that seems a little bit innocuous, right? Cute little card, Cute but little it card. replaces itself, right? Yeah, but it replaces itself, and this little guy does a great job just sitting there. He can block flyers, and oftentimes you're going to be wanting to goblin weld things, get things back into the graveyard, get it back out of the graveyard, make token copies of this, and it can block... Uh, and then it draws cards while doing it. It's just a great target to be I'm, constantly I'm not mad. He draws a card. Yeah, he draws a card. Yeah, okay. Yeah, yeah worst comes the worst. You never reanimate him. He'll draw you a card. <laughs> All right, next we have Mishra's Bobble. Zero mana artifacts. Tap, sacrifice Mishra's Bobble. Look at the top card of target player's library. Draw a card at the beginning of the next upkeep. Now, this is the type of effect that I honestly think should needs more of in the deck hmm. right because we had mentioned before that there weren't a whole lot of two mana uh, value cards artifacts yeah, or less you're right there were only like six or, or whatever cards that could really uh you could get back early on yeah so having cards like mishra's bobble will help you can trip and this one being zero mana specifically is very very good with your commander because you just cast your commander throw some haste on it you don't even need additional mana you just pay zero and get two copies of this. A lot of people like this kind of card because it essentially makes your deck a, a 98 card deck, yeah. you know, because you just get it for free. It's just a free get to something else that you like a little bit better. But it definitely goes up in value when it synergizes with all the art of other artifact stuff that you have. Yeah, oftentimes, like if you play it, it will replace itself. But if it sacrifices itself and you get to reanimate it with your commander, which it's a zero mana, by the way, so you have to pay nothing to do it, just tap your commander you'll get two more and get two more cards so it's one mana or zero mana draw three i can see how like you know sky scanner and the mistress bobble and a lot of these other effects kind of come together to help you move through your deck pretty efficiently get to those higher impact cards yeah absolutely and then the last one is tome of legends this is one of the brawl precon cards two mana artifact enters the battlefield with a page counter on it whenever your commander enters the battlefield or attacks put a page counter on tome of legends Pay one, tap, remove a page counter from Tome of Legends, draw a card. Did you add this because it's like super flavorful for Lorehold? No. It's like page counters and I it's mean, like yes. a tomb and stuff <laughs> like that. I absolutely did that. <laughs> I don't know what you're talking about. <laughs> no, this card is great because once again, it's only two mana, but it'll enter the battlefield with a page counter on it, meaning that no matter what, it'll replace itself. So base level, two mana, it'll replace itself. Not a bad deal. Uh, but what you can do is you can sacrifice it and then with your commander bring it back what does it come back with a page counter on it and then you get two of them so they each have a page counter on them and then when your commander attacks or you cast your commander again you get a page counter on each of them so you can see where this is going it just kind of so it kind of creates an engine that mm -hmm. gives you card advantage over a long amount of time even though it might be a little bit clunky yeah yeah it'll take a little bit of time but it can provide some pretty mad value. You know, I think that this commander could attack. Pretty, it's got vigilance. It's yep. a giant. It's only a four, four though. Um, but I think you can definitely get in for some damage here and there. Yeah. I think that if it tapped to attack, everyone would be like, no way. Like, why would I do that? <laughs> you know, I'm tapping this to get an artifact back. The vigilance man makes it, makes it work. Yeah. Oftentimes the play pattern with the commander will be, okay, well it has vigilance. So I'm going to attack first 
And once I'm done attacking, now I'll tap it and use its ability. By the way, we forgot that you could always just like pump power like crazy. That's true. I want to <laughs> I was, get a lot of artifacts. <laughs> I was talking, I was talking with Jimmy about the precon is that a lot of times in my Mardu artifacts deck, I have just a bunch of Thopters attacking or a bunch of creatures attacking. Yeah. And if you have this kind of effect, you're like, oh, you block this one, this one, and this one. All right. Uh, sack that one, sack that one, sack that one. This one gets plus six, plus so. And that'll trade more profitably or yeah. that'll like one shot people sometimes if you have a critical super mass. super difficult. Yeah. Not to mention, it has a sacrifice ability on itself. It's awesome. Yeah. Uh, okay. So let's talk about some of the cards you cut. Because, yeah. Because uh, obviously there's going to be a ton of great cards to add, but uh, just telling you what cards to add without telling you what cards to take out, it isn't a lot of help. And mm -hmm. also finding out what cards might not be performing as well in this deck can help you guys evaluate better, understand the deck a little bit better. Yep. So first up, we have Alibu Ancient Witness. Yeah, this is this is the other lore holds uh, possible face commander. Alibu, no. Yeah, poor guy. He's getting cuts. You just weren't attacking with enough creatures in the rest of the deck. Yeah, you're just not attacking with enough creatures. Got it. Uh, you can be tapping artifacts sometimes, but it's not that helpful. You don't have a ton of artifact creatures. You have a decent amount, but honestly, he's just not efficient enough in order to make the cut. Get out of here. Sorry, Alibu. Yeah. All right, next we have Boros Locket. Three mana, tap at a red or a white, and you can pay hybrid, 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 hybrid <laughs> Boros mana. Tap, sacrifice Boros Locket to draw two cards. So I think they included this because they did want to do the thing where you can play it, you can sacrifice it for value, and then possibly make two more copies of it. The problem is it's very, very, very mana inefficient in order to do that. Yeah, I can, it feels clunky. It's very clunky because you have to pay the three mana to play it, you have to pay four mana and tap it to sacrifice it the first time. Maybe you can sacrifice it with your commander, but that's not super helpful. And then you have to pay another three mana to get two copies of it. And then if you want to sacrifice that, you have to pay eight mana for those two. No, yeah, you're, you're, trust me, your two mana rocks are way better. Speaking of clunky activated abilities. Yep, unstable obelisk. Three mana, tap, add a colorless mana, pay seven tap, sacrifice unstable obelisk, destroy target permanence. So as we mentioned before, the deck doesn't really have any shortage of targeted removal. We're pretty much, we're pretty good in that regard. So paying seven mana and sacrificing it to destroy target permanent, it's pretty overcosted. And it's a three mana rock that only adds a colorless mana. It doesn't even add colored mana. Get so, out of here. Get out of here. All right. Next up, key to the city. Two mana artifact. <gasps> two mana artifacts are good, but... You made a mistake. <laughs> Put it back in the deck. <laughs> back in it goes. Uh, tap, discard a card. Up to one target creature can't be blocked this turn. And whenever key to the city becomes untapped, you may pay two. If you do, draw a card. So this one is fine-ish, but doesn't really synergize super great with the deck because we're not really attacking with one big thing. We're mostly attacking with smaller things. We're not, and we're getting a lot of value. We're not really attacking uh, that much at all. And we're know? getting value off of playing artifacts and then sacrificing the artifacts. We don't really want to discard the artifacts directly to the graveyard. Mm. We can tutor to the graveyard, but discarding a card directly to the graveyard, not super helpful. Yeah, I feel like on our commander we have enough sacrifice outlets that we don't need to discard outlet too. Yeah. I also hate paying mana when it untaps. Because then it's like, I want to be able to use the cards that I drew, but I'm two mana down. So I've yeah. always found the play pattern of this to be a little bit um, annoying. It's like Smothering Tithe. Whenever you have to be like, you are you going to compare this to Smothering Tithe? No. <laughs> the choice of when somebody else has a Smothering Tithe and you're like, I want to make all these uh, plays, but I got to tie up this two mana. What should I do here? It's like that, but your own cards are doing it. Yeah, seriously. Do you ever pay the two? I mean, sometimes. Rarely. Everyone, <laughs> like, everyone out there is like, 
like pretending they're a good person. They're like, of course I paid yeah, it too. But then you're like, never. No, no. <laughs> never. <laughs> All right. Next up is Hellkite Igniter. Five red red. It's a dragon. Flying haste. Pay one and a red. Hellkite Igniter gets plus X plus O until end of turn, where X is the number of artifacts you control. So this is not the worst dragon in the world, but he's seven mana. He's... <laughs> He's seven mana, uh, big dumb flyer. I think that you can do better. Doesn't yeah, really you can do better. with the deck, right? Yeah, you yeah. can't cheat him into play. You can't reanimate him. You just got to hard cast him for seven mana and then wait to activate his abilities. All right, not that let's great. see if this dragon's any better. Spoiler, he cut it too. <laughs> <laughs> Horde Smelter Dragon, four red, red. It's one mana less. It might be better. <laughs> five, five flyer. Pay three and a red, destroy target artifact. Horde Smelter Dragon gets plus X plus O until end of turn where X is that artifact's mana value. What are you doing in here, Dragon? We don't care about blowing up artifacts. We care about artifacts on our board. You can blow up your own artifacts. It'll get it into that. No. No, that's terrible. It's terrible. That's awful. Yeah. Um, usually when you want to get rid of something, you don't want to spend uh, 10. Is that 10 <laughs> mana to get rid of an artifact? Yes. <laughs> I mean, just like you don't want your removal on the back of something so big and clunky. Like you want you want to get rid of it. You just want to cast it and kill it. You yeah. Know? It doesn't even get that big, honestly. Yeah. Yeah. All right, next up, Sanctum Gargoyle. Three and a white, flying, two, three. Artifact creature. When Sanctum Gargoyle enters the battlefield, you may return target artifact card from your graveyard to your hand. So, it does what the deck... It's an artifact creature! But, yeah, once again, this is very, very mana intensive for what it does. Look, if you compare it to Scrap Trawler... Scrap Trawler is so much better. Does it even compare? So much better. Doesn't it see it just doesn't even compare to Scrap Trawler to some of the cards. I mean, honestly, if you were talking about recursion, you just added Goblin Engineer and Goblin Welder to yeah. the deck. Yeah, so you know much what I better. Mean? Than this. So like it just feels like a huge upgrade. I agree completely. Yep. Next up, Pia Nalar. Two and a red. When Pia Nalar enters the battlefield, create a one-one colorless thopter artifact creature token with flying. Pay one and a red. Target artifact creature gets plus one plus zero until end of turn. You can pay one, sacrifice an artifact. Target creature can't block this turn. So I think the reason that this card was in here was because of the sacrifice and artifact clause. Because we do want to be sacrificing artifacts. Problem is, that ability is on our commander. And there's already other duplicate effects of sacrificing artifacts in there. Like the aforementioned Goblin Wilder. So... It just doesn't really cut it. Do you know what I like? The uh, I like the idea of you uh, increasing the ramp amount to be able to go past our three drops. Yeah. You know what I mean? Um, and so I think that this impact might be too small. Yeah, it's just too small impact. Speaking of too small impacts, Jorkadine the Prevailer. <laughs> you just made so many enemies. Jorkadine <laughs> is a majestic person. Okay. All right. Five mana, five, four legendary creature. First strike. Metalcraft. Creatures you control get plus three plus O as long as you control three or more artifacts. It's so easy to have three or more artifacts. This is a huge plus three plus O anthem to everything. Yeah. Smash in. No. <laughs> so Jorkadine in this deck. Yeah, it could do things, but honestly, we want to be caring more about our value and reanimating things over and over again rather than bashing face. Honestly, Can he get there? Yes, but there's better options. It just makes sense because if we're cutting Alibu because we don't go wide enough, yeah. then we're also cutting Jorkadine because we just don't go wide enough. Yeah, Jorkadine yeah. could be good in an Alibu deck. Not that great in an Oscar deck. Yeah. Yep. And for our last card, we have Rip Apart, a Strixhaven card. Uh, so red and a white, sorcery. Choose one. Rip Apart deals three damage to target creature or planeswalker or destroy target artifact or enchantment. It's flexible, so I do like that part about the card, but it's sorcery speed. And we already have a decent amount of targeted removal, so sorry, Rip Apart. We're going to have to rip you out of this deck. 
<laughs> slow clap. Okay. Yeah, I, I agree with you. I was excited to see Rip Apart, but sorcery speed makes me sad. It's, yeah. It's all right. <laughs> all right. So we've made our swip t- switch 10 in, 10 out. Yep. Good stuff. Um, so how does the deck play? What do you think is like the play pattern? Walk us through this deck so we can get in, like see it in front of us so that we know what we're in for. Yeah. So we did want the two mana ramp artifact so that we can get our commander out early three mana because the commander is really going to help us just keep generating value. If you have a two mana... Uh, artifact that generates mana well you can sacrifice that and get two back with your commander early on and just doing stuff like that over and over can help generate enough mana that you can start doing bigger plays earlier than your opponents hopefully what are you afraid of in this deck uh like are you afraid of vandal blast very much so <laughs> are you afraid of bane of progress very much so <laughs> thankfully your commander does have a sacrifice outlet on it for anything that'll exile artifacts but no matter what we do want to make a critical mass of artifacts and if we make token copies of artifacts we've already exiled our original artifact oh uh, that's that kind of stinks so mm. you have the ability to rebuild because it's on your commander but if you exile too many things then it gets harder and harder to rebuild yeah so it's it's always a question of how much stuff do you want to keep in your graveyard versus how much stuff is going to stay on the battlefield. And it's a very interesting uh, juggling act. I like that a lot. Yeah. I also like decks where there's always something to do. Yeah. Do you feel like there's always something to do in this deck? Yeah, there's always something to do with this deck because it's very, very easy to fill your graveyard. You're always thinking like, I wish I had more mana because then I could do more stuff. <laughs> it feels it feels like it's an engine deck, right? Yeah. 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 How do you how do you usually win? Um, you can win with one of the big beaters like Phyrexian Triniform or the other big Griffin dude just making multiple copies of those tends to be pretty good. <laughs> so oftentimes all you need to do is just get the right creature in your graveyard and then make multiple copies and yes. then those can just like lead you to victory. Yeah. Or you can go wide. It's not quite as ideal, but you can. Very cool. You can do it. I like the big smashy smashy at the end of, uh, of an engine. I like that a lot. It seems fun. Yeah. Just like um, value, 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 big creature, opponents die. But also there's like that oh. other, there's that other hidden mode, like, cause where we build the deck around value, but you could also just like, oh, I'm just going to goblin welder this nine, nine onto the battlefield on turn three. Yeah. So you could push it a little bit more in either of the directions, right? You could push it more into the value engine type thing, right? Or you could push it more into the, I want to be reanimating big things. Uh, out of the box, the deck is pretty in the middle as far as that goes. But yeah, if you want to tune it, probably one way or the other is good choice to make early on. Awesome. Well, I think you did a great job with this deck. Uh, to the listeners, do you like the Lorehold Legacies deck? Did Murph make all the right choices with the 10 cards in and 10 cards out? I think I did. Tell us all why not in the comments down below. <laughs> <laughs> awesome. Awesome. So when you go to pick up whatever cards you might use to augment this wonderful deck, hopefully the 10 cards that I added. When you get all exactly exactly those 10 cards. Only those. Only those. You get them at cardkingdom.com slash command zone. That's where you can go to get all of your singles, all your products, all the commander products you can get. You can buy these exact 10 cards that we've just recommended to you. The perfect cards that you could get for this deck. The perfect cards. Only these 10. Only these 10. (laughs) 
you can get those at cardkingdom.com slash command zone. And another sponsor of the show is Ultra Pro. Ultra Pro has awesome sleeves, deck boxes, anything you could ever want or need to protect your stuff. Uh, they have all of the theme stuff for Strixhaven, all of the lore hold sleeves. Yeah, they, they've got the sleeves specifically for Oskir because we went with the main commander of the set. He does you, look cool. I would like to have this you can have matching on, sleeves. My, on my battlefield right there. That's oh, awesome. yeah. Yeah, Ultra Pro always makes the best products. Ultra Pro Gloss stuff, also awesome. Uh, yeah. Okay, so make sure to stick with us because we have a lot of content coming out. This is Commander Christmas time, okay? Yep. We have deck upgrades and the main Strixhaven set and so much good stuff. And you're going to want to watch it, so make sure to like, subscribe to all those YouTube things. Our editing graphics and logistics team is Manson Lung, Craig Blanchett, Ashlyn Rose, Lady Danger, Alfred Estaca, Josh Murphy, that's me, Jake Boss, Patrick Nahn, Jordan Pridgen, Arthur Meadowcraft, and Sam Waldo. Special thanks to Jeffrey Palmer for the Living Card Animations at Living Cards MTG. This was fun, DJ. Thanks for having me. Thank you for <laughs> being here. This is so much fun. Uh, yeah. I can't wait. I can't wait to play more Commander cards and play play this deck. Ah, I so played excited. this deck and I want to play it more after this. I know. It's great. Let's do it. <laughs> All right, everyone. Thank you so much for joining us. Peace. <laughs> good, good peace. Good peace. <laughs> For your attention. For further inquiries, send an email to commandcast at rocketjump.com or ask us on Twitter at JF Wong and at Josh Lee Kwai. See you later, alligator. Greetings, humans. <laughs> Angie's list is now Angie, and we've heard a lot of theories about why. I thought it was an eco move. Fewer words, less paper. No, it was so you could say it faster. No, it's to be more iconic. Must be a tech thing. But those aren't quite right. It's because now you can compare upfront prices, book a service instantly, and even get your project handled from start to finish. Sounds easy. It is. And it makes us so much more than just a list. Get started at Angie.com. That's A-N-G-I. Or download the app today. The Angie's List you know and trust is now Angie. And we're so much more than just a list. We still connect you with top local pros and show you ratings and reviews. But now, we also let you compare upfront prices on hundreds of projects and book a service instantly. We can even handle the rest of your project from start to finish. So remember, Angie's List is now Angie. And we're here to get your job done right. Get started at Angie.com. That's A-N-G-I. Or download the app today.